Hey, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Web Mariah's Website Design, and Bad Mother Smokers Barbecue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting here from the Hunter House and Garden in Huntersville, North Carolina. We are excited to be here. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me go ahead and introduce the team. We do have running up on the field, Brian, our producer. Guys. And, of course, the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention charcuterie plate maker of the year. You said it right. The inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! I'm pretty sure that uh, Anderson, South Carolina may be taking my my resident card uh, back since I don't visit anymore. (laughs) So. Hey, appreciate everyone tuning in once again. You can find us on the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. Our website is southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us on pretty much anywhere you get your uh, podcast from. Uh, yep. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of our new favorites, Podcoin. Um, yeah, wherever you listen, just go there, subscribe, uh, download, give a like, a heart, thumbs up. Most importantly, if you can, give us a review. Maybe a five-star rating, especially on the iTunes, because I guess Steve Jobs' ghost still likes that uh, as far as <laughs> rating us up there in the podcast. Appreciate you uh, always tuning in. We've got several new listeners, as always. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate everyone who takes the time, mm-hmm. has us on that spin list of their podcast. I know, I know I've subscribed to about 20, so it's kind of hard to <laughs> get them all. But, you know, we appreciate the ones who listen in every week. Yeah. I want to say a shout-out to our new listeners from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Miami, Florida, in Macon, Georgia. This episode brought to you by the letter M. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of M's there. There are. (laughs) Minnesota, I guess, is probably about, what, two weeks away from being pure cold and snow, I guess? Mm -hmm. I I don't envy it. I I don't envy it. it. Yeah. Uh, Mojo, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. I be darn. Great, man. Um, Like I mentioned last week with the Amandola's episode, we got Mm -hmm. some exciting news coming out. I think it's getting a little closer, so... Uh, we'll have to let the suspense build for another week. Yep. But yeah, I think uh, I think the next show we'll be able to release some new information on what we got going on in our personal lives and just some big steps in the season of our lives. So yeah, just inching forward to that. So right now we have that that kind of cool before uh, cool and calm before the storm happens. So um, I think that uh, yeah, it's going to be a good information. Awesome. So I love those things that are awesome or weird. I don't know if you guys ever play this game at your house. Or like you hear a story and you're like, is this awesome or weird? So, for example, there was a story this past week in Kentucky where where a guy stole 10 shopping carts from Walmart. He got picked up because he on the, the last one he was stealing, he was intoxicated on the, the motorized cart. Mm. So is that awesome or is that weird that he stole 10 shopping carts? I think it's a little of both, probably. A little awesome. I mean, what was he using the carts for? We don't know. Or was it just 
Joyride. We don't right. know what he was doing. Was it like the thing that pushes the carts? No, it was the actual motorized cart. Yeah, that's the one he stole. He stole 10 of them, <clears throat> nine other regular carts, and then one, the last one, was the motorized cart. I think it's weird. Yeah. Like, what do you do with him? Unless he has a small Mexican super America, you know, the grocery store. Like, right, right. He's, he's changing <laughs> the, the colors of, yeah, the, what's, what's the of the handle yeah. and doing that. So I've been married to my wife 15 years, and I never knew this. What she does when she eats cereal. I, I, and I don't even know anybody that does this, but she'll fill the bowl up with just milk and she'll put the cereal to the side and then she'll just put in a little bit of cereal and then eat it. That's, that's weird. Isn't that weird? That's not awesome. That's weird. That's, so is it the whole box of cereal next to it? Is it like a pre pre-measured? She, she put bowl? it in a cup okay. and then just poured a little bit in there. Her, her excuse was she didn't want it to be soggy. She didn't want the the cereal to be soggy. She'll, she'll pour in like half, eat it, and then That's pour like the other same half. people that do dressing on the side and mm-hmm. then dip their salad into the dressing. I don't trust those people. Yeah. Well, when I was on when I was on Weight Watchers in in two thousand one, um, <laughs> they told you for that it was just portion control of the, of the salad dressing. So I'm not so upset about those people, but putting half of your cereal in and then eating the other half. Here's what you, you need to do: is that, it's put your cereal in a martini shaker. And pour the milk in and shake it real good, and then pour the milk out. And then ah, the cereal's yeah. just wet enough <laughs> to eat. Go. And you're not wasting it. Then you've yeah. got. Then you give the cereal milk to you, maybe. Yeah, and you can drink the cereal. Milk, I love right? the cereal. That's milk. the best part, right? Yeah. I just thought that was weird. Out of 15 years of marriage, I never knew she did that. That's so weird. To me, it's weird. Either a she's eating a cereal eating on a different level, like mm-hmm. an expert level, right? Or uh, it's way overthinking it. Um, but there's some cereals out there you need that full 30 minutes of exposure to milk to right. even get it down. No, and I give you that, but this is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. It's a Cinnamon Toast knockoff, that quote-unquote healthy version of it uh, <laughs> for, for the kid. But I still thought it was just weird. She didn't want it to be too soggy. I can't. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. all right. I, I don't know if I trust her now. Well, we're going to go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. If you want some fantastic barbecue catered for your next meal check out our friends at 1812 barbecue check out the sponsor section of our website for more details all right so this is a a weird one costco is now selling magnificent 72 pound cheese wheel for 900 dollars at costco it um at costco you can pick up the 72 pound wheel of parmesan reggiano do you say that reggiano all right i was close um, for $900, it's aged 24 months, imported from Italy, uh, and it is when they do the cost comparison, it's $12.50 a pound. Would you go to Costco and buy nine, 72 pounds of cheese for $900? Uh, no. That's actually, <laughs> actually not a bad price. Is it not bad? Not okay. Bad. All right. I think in the restaurant world, I think it was about 17 bucks a pound for Parmesan Reggiano aged. Okay. It's not a, it's not a bad price break, but man, you got to have somewhere to store that. Sure. Uh, people that have bought it have said, uh, this is, I got this as a gift. What the heck am I supposed to do with all this <laughs> cheese? Uh, I got this for a wedding present. Uh, I've been using it to make a lot of Alfredo sauce with great success. A lot of people are actually taking these these huge cheese wheels now. I don't know if you've seen this as kind of a new craze in some of the restaurant Italian restaurants. Okay, uh, uh, they actually will split the wheel in half. Um, okay, you know where you still have basically two circles, mm-hmm. and then um, make a table. They actually it? carve it out. 
Okay. Carve a section of it out. And what they do is they do table side pasta tossing. So they actually <laughs> take the cheese wheel, they dump, you know, whatever pasta sauce inside the cheese wheel, mix it up ah. inside the cheese, and then how about you? I don't know how sanitary. Then that you is. toss the cheese wheel in the dishwasher when you're done. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how they do this, but it, it's a big thing now. It's like table side guacamole or something like that. Mm. I could get behind this if it was a different type of cheese. Like that's a very specific. As a right. very, you, there's not a lot of applications for that cheese. No, Parmesan Reggiano is very salty, very aged. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a top. It's like a here's a little on top of my yeah. salad or something. Well, you can do yeah, yeah. You're this, not going to cut a chunk out like oh, a cheddar dude, wheel or something, dude. I put it on pizza, spaghetti sauce. Anything no, I it's, can, yeah, it's, it's I limited. Put it on anything. But you couldn't be like, hey, I'm gonna make a cheeseburger with yeah. Parmesan Reggiano on it. Watch me. <laughs> have a cheese stick that's Parmesan Reggiano. I mean, that's, that's, that's watch me. I'll yeah. do that all day, every day. That's, uh, it's, like a, it's like licking a salt lick during hunting season. Yeah, but like uh, on the keto diet, you can get the Parmesan and just like lay it flat and bake it, and yeah. it'd be like a little crisp. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. I like those things. Those chips, yeah. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you the fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, the mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget those sides. With the coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812 BBQ and he can make your next catered meal happen. Weddings, graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 BBQ. Want to try your hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 BBQ, or call 704-604-5148. That's 704-604-5148. And email eric at eric.line at 1812bbq.com, and he will be glad to help. All right, so the next one is a house supposedly haunted by a tall man in a suit and top hat terrifies Airbnb rentals. A couple from Missouri claimed that they bought a house, uh, tried to fix it up, and it turns out while they were living there, they found out that the house was haunted. Um, they found thing they smelled odors of sulfur, uh, which was, quote-unquote, the demon smell. Uh, there was multiple times where they saw dark figures going up and down a staircase, um, and they left just a few months after renovating this old house in Missouri. Now what they've decided is they are going to rent it out as an Airbnb to anybody that wants to try to see if they can spend the night in it. Uh, so far, they have yet to have one person to make it all the way through the evening. So where is this at? In Missouri. They just it, I can look it up at some point, but it's, it says in Missouri. Well, I think uh, we need to schedule an emo's trip to... We were talking about last show, pizza <laughs> trip, and then we'll just go actually stay in this Airbnb at the same time. Would you ever stay in a, on a haunted Airbnb? Yeah, I'm game. You would do it just for fun, just for kicks? I I don't know. I, I, I'd i say I don't believe in this crap, but uh, I'm probably too scared. To 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> they they lived in the house for seven months and then they decided to leave. The thing that they said that got them was uh, they went upstairs to check on their daughter and she turned around and she was crying. Uh, and they said, are you okay? Are you okay? And she turned around and quote, uh, had a, she went from crying to the Cheshire cat, big smile, kind of like the Joker look on her face. And then like woke up and didn't know what was happening. Now that would freak me out. Mm. Would that not freak you out? I, I'm yeah, that would, that, would, that freaks we, me out. We, we got to find this house. All right. Uh, we may honestly have to do a road trip. Yeah. It was Featured on the Dead Files, a paranormal activity show. Man, could you imagine? We might have to do let's that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's get on the road. All right, so let's go to our hot topics. Producer Brian is no longer available <laughs> no, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got uh, something to do that day. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to hot topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. Leon, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with Watchman Cigars? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. What's going on? We're here in the Hunter House and Garden. Uh, with Leon, with Watchman Cigars, what's going on in the world of Watchman? Well, we're here at one of my business partners. They carry my cigars here at Hunter House and Garden. Um, just recently, we released our new cigar that we worked on for about a year. Oh, a year for this one? Yeah, that's that coffee cigar that we chased going down to Miami. Thought we wanted to do a Cuban coffee blend. Just couldn't get it to work. Finally came back out. Um, Actually, man, you sparked some interest in me. I did it. Yes, you brought those um, items back from me from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and something hit me to the very first guy I went to up in um, Moles. I go and give him a shout out. Black Powder Coffee. Okay, it is a manufacturing facility here in North Carolina. Okay, um, I met with them maybe February of last year. Went back, told him what I wanted. I wanted to maybe come out with something sweet mm-hmm. and have a powerful cigar. Mm-hmm. So we took our Habano cigar which is Nicaraguan fill and binder mm-hmm. with an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper mm-hmm. and came back in with a coffee, cinnamon, mm-hmm. rum, pecan, mm. coffee blend. It smells wow. and actually tastes just like pecan pie. Right right here in, in the Hunter House, you can get that cigar. You can't get that one in the, in the Hunter House right now. That's only okay. through me at watchingcigars.com. Okay. Um, the Hunter House is carrying my Connecticut, Maduro, and Habano. Okay. Uh, we did a soft release, man. I'll put you in about two weeks. I probably sold 400 for that. Uh, How about you? Um, it's it's phenomenal, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys seen my post. Yeah. Y'all seen so many people, they just smell it. Then they'll come back and taste it. Mm-hmm. Brendan had one. Um, your, your, your next door neighbor. Yeah. Plum, a resident plumber, Kurt. Yes. Yeah. He got to enjoy it. As soon as I walked in, he said, hey, man, I got to have one of your cigars mm-hmm. last week. I'm like, cigar? I was like, Brandon, he shared mm-hmm. it with you. We did an event um, last um, Sunday with some Deltas. Um, shout out to the Deltas of Charlotte. Uh, we're doing a contribution to the, uh, I think it's the, no, I know it is the North Carolina Central University alumni, so we're doing a donation for them. Okay. But those ladies came in, and they just loved that cigar. A guy called me today. Now, you know when you got a good cigar, when somebody comes to your event, they buy one mm-hmm. just to support you. Right, yeah. When they come back and they buy three more, mm-hmm. the guy calls me today. He said, hey, you may not remember. I said, yeah, I remember. And you sat over in the corner. I knew the shirt you had on. Mm-hmm. He says, man, how can I invest in your brand? Oh. Like, wow, dude, that's big. You're the second person that's really asked me about investing in my cigars. I said, but that told me you really liked it. He said, man, yeah. look, I know your cigars are sitting over at the jailhouse in Belmont. Let's meet over there. I want to buy some of your cigars. Mm-hmm. So I got an event coming up there, man. Let's do cool. it. Cool. 
So that's what we're doing in this month. October is a huge month for us for doing events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to try and get with you guys at um, what's the new distillery? I mean, the wine? No, uh, Southern, Southern Grace. Uh, nah, brr, uh, Southern Strain. Southern Strain yep. Brewery. But I'm going to be at West Bend Wineries. Well, no good. You know, it's all good. But no, that's the latest thing we have cool, going man. on. Just continue to grow the brand and educate everybody. You know, you mentioned Amadola. Um, I've heard of Amadola for about two years. I actually met him at Inverness. Uh, sat down and talked to him about some events. You know, I like his story. The one thing that impressed me, I know he shared it on your podcast, because I listened to it. Yeah, sure. I, to listen. I appreciate it. Anybody can hustle cigars out of a police car. <laughs> hey, <laughs> mad props to me, sure, man. Sure. When he told me that story, I was like, Wow, <laughs> but nice. but he keeps it real. Yeah. I, I usually I usually hustle and end up in a police car. Yeah, that's so. what happens there. <laughs> and you know we've had some 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 cross action with some with the same clients. Not the one guy, he called me a couple. I said, "Look, man, if you want to do a solo blend with Camadolas, I said, man, I don't want to interfere with that because mm-hmm. that ain't what I do. I respect yes. everybody." I said, "But you know, if you want to cross blend both of them, I say no problem. I'm in." Yeah. Uh, but one thing, everybody has a different palate. Yep. True. You have to find what you like and support it. Well, Leon, we're still waiting for the banana pudding, but uh, that'll that'll probably come out sometime soon. It will. I got <laughs> Apparently, you guys it takes coming. a year to figure that out. <laughs> right, clearly. <laughs> to make it right. <laughs> All right, so we are going to go to our bracket. So this is something that we've done every once in a while. We'll do a bracket. This year, we have decided we're going to do restaurants. Um, so we are going to go down. We're going to go to the Sweet 16 for the East and the South bracket. And uh, see who's going to be the best restaurant for for the show in 2016. So you guys ready? Play along. And we will put this up on our show notes as well. So you can play along as well. Uh, All right. So East Division, McDonald's or Golden Corral? It's like deciding if I want to be hit by a bus (laughs) or (laughs) Or a train or a train. Yeah. Those are probably they're the boat. The, they're the most disgusting, I think, out of this all. This is the one and sixteen. We yeah, probably mention. I, I'm going to go with uh, McCrapples. Okay, you're Mc, okay. You're yeah. going to pick McCrapples. This is actually a really hard decision for me, because uh, Chocolate Fountain, Golden Corral. Is that is that a positive or a negative? I don't know. <laughs> all, okay, hold up. Uh, personal hygiene aside. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. So let me say that first. You can get wherever you want to go and crowd. I mean, you walk you can. Crowd, you can get anything. You can. Crowd. You can feed everybody. That's not a keto, probably. But um, they have meat. They have a like prime rib station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like McDonald's breakfast too much to oh, give, up, give it yeah. up. You know, if I can, you know, this is like a desert island. There's one restaurant on the okay. place. You yeah, know. I just can't, I can't do cold crap. Because I, I imagine that worst case scenario with that, that guy who has the, the leprosy herpes at the same time coming and putting his finger yeah. in the chocolate fountain. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the what ten I, year old with the cold walks over and sneezes in the mac and cheese. You never know. Uh, actually, right. actually, I did see a I did see a kid double dip his ice cream cone in of the chocolate fountain. Did. Of course he did. So. All right, so make it easy for the win. All right, Moe's versus Hardee's. I, I, I'll go with your logic on the breakfast. Hardee's breakfast, I think, is semi solid. Oh, Hardee's makes a great biscuit. They make a great biscuit. Yeah. So I'm gonna. My vote will be Hardee's. Um, that one's a toss up because I, not that I like burritos a lot, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm about to go Hardy's just uh, most does have customer service. You know, I like burritos a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hardy's, you know, after 1992, I kind of lost interest, you know, the, the oh, fried wow. chicken went away, you know, whatever. Once the, yeah, that is they had good fried chicken. I don't know what they were doing there, but well, they got fried chicken tenders yeah. now. So. I, got, yeah. I got Moses. I'd eat 
Mose, I, ate, Mose. I ate a lot of Mose. Leon? I'm going Mose. Ooh. Ooh. Mose took took down Hardee's. All right, guys. See that peanut gallery. Who we got two and two, right? Yeah. Two right oh yeah. Mose or Hardee's? Hardee's. Right. Oh, what? from the come behind. Oh, Hardee's. I, I didn't see that coming. Um. All right. So we've got Fazoli's versus Dunkin' Donuts. To me, there's no there's no question on this one. But Fazoli's. Fazoli's. Um, no, what's Fazoli's? I have no idea. It's Italian, Italian, Italian fast food. Italian fast food. I can't be good. They opened up a boatload and then they cut closed a bunch. And they had the best breadsticks. Yeah. And it was unlimited breadsticks. The garlic, yeah, garlic parm. And all I, I'm just dunking in but, in that category. Right. I can't even like but comprehend. What is, Duncan's not bringing anything to the show. You know, like they're just bringing donuts. So right, you guys are voting for a restaurant that's closed. No, no, no they're still, still open. open. Oh, okay. There's just not a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're primarily right. in Florida. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Dunkin' anyway. Just All right. If I want to eat their donuts, are horrible. Their donuts aren't good. Their coffee's not good. Yeah, their food's not good. All right. Stores aren't good. What what's left? Parking lots bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So by default, we're going to Vizzoli's. Uh The next one: Popeyes versus Wing Zone. I Popeyes. Have you had the sandwich? No, but no. I've, had, I've had the shrimp po' boy. That's all I need to know. I like the shrimp po' boy. I like their shrimp. Their shrimp is decent. I, I liked it. And they used to have a fish and shrimp combo. I think they got rid of that. But I, I like that. So I'm going to go Popeye's on that. The wing zone's the Pizza Hut wing zone, right? Right, right. Man. I, I, I'll have to go uh, Popeye's. You, Leon? I'm going wing zone. Oh. Really? I've seen too many Popeye's on Instagram. I'm tired of Popeye's. <laughs> That must be an awesome chicken sandwich. Uh, Skyline Chili versus Cheddar's. I I love me some Cheddar's, uh, but Resident Plumber Kurt, he's gonna go Skyline Chili. I don't. It's too runny. It's too. Bleh. I got good. Well, you go ahead. Though. I, I I like Skyline. Okay. I've never had authentic Skyline Chili. You've had it. At I have not. The I've airport? had. I've had the. Church chili cook-off Skyline chili. Okay. Which is terrible. Yeah. (laughs) It's not chili. Mm. It's sweet spaghetti. Okay. Uh, So Cheddar's, I like Cheddar's. You would get their chicken tenders, and it's like 18 pounds of chicken tenders for like $6. And and how about that that honey croissant, that honey butter croissant? All day. All day. Leon? Going Cheddar's. Three Cheddar's. Going to you, Hussein. Hussein, are you going for Cheddar's? Or Skyline Chili. Cheddars. All right. Cheddars for the win. Um, all right. Cracker Barrel versus Jason's Deli. Ooh. I, I like Jason's. Jason's clean. Mm-hmm. They've got, like, healthy options. Their salad bar. I mean, Cracker Barrel, um, they usually refer, refuse service to me because I'm not old enough to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But I do like their Fish Friday. I will be all up about their Fish Friday. I enjoy that a lot. Look, guys, I, I don't like going in there because you go in there for like an old ta- old timer's breakfast platter, and yeah. you walk out with like a rocking chair and three candy bars <laughs> <laughs> from nineteen. Grandpa's country breakfast all yes. day. That's that. The biscuits. You give yeah. the maple syrup bottles. The mm-hmm. pancakes. You go on Thanksgiving. It's best Thanksgiving dinner you ever ate. Oh, I bet. For real. I bet. Hmm. Their hash brown casserole is is yet to be beat. Leon? Cracker Barrel all the way. Cracker Barrel? You're going Cracker Barrel? 
I'm going not Cracker Barrel. You're going, you're, <laughs> you're going Jason's Deli? Cracker Barrel? Cracker Barrel? CB it is for the win. Ooh, all right. All right, Papa John's versus Rallies. Rallies hamburgers? Uh, uh, rallies. I can't, I, I, I can't stand, uh, I can't stand we, Papa we've John's. Got, we've got some clear hatred towards Rallies. So rallies is no for you. So pop, uh, Papa John's, but you hate Papa John's. Yeah. So you guys cancel each other out. Well, after they after they got rid of Papa, <laughs> <laughs> just for a PR move, I should probably just say uh, say rallies. Yes, I've, I've never been to rallies. Never been to uh, so, rallies is very is similar. You, where, to checkers. Where, where have you been to a checkers before? So uh, just yeah. a drive through service okay, burger. Then I'm joint. not going that direction. Uh. <laughs> All right. You know what? All I gotta say is you guys have got to lower your standards a little bit. <laughs> Leon, where are you going? I like rallies, man. Rallies, oh, but man, I like the Papa John's Garlic pizza. Garlic butter. Papa John's. Papa John's. Papa John's peppers. You hate it. All right. So Papa John's for the win. All right, guys. Waffle House or Noodles and Company? Waffle. Uh, you can't. Yeah. Waffle House is it. Because not only can you eat it, get a solid meal 24 7, 365, you will find out if the four horsemen of the apocalypse have shown up in your city. Yeah. Because either Waffle House will be open or they will shut down. Sure. 100%. All right, guys, you've got a good one. Mac- McDonald's or Hardee's? McDonald's or uh, Hardee's? Hardee's. 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 Their breakfast is, I think. If you just judge them solely on breakfast. Hardee's has already won. Uh, there's, yeah. I'm disagreeing, not that it matters. Because not only, <laughs> not only will you actually get your breakfast from Hardee's, McDonald's will throw it out the window at you. <laughs> I'm a good catch. <laughs> I'm a good catch. All right, Fazoli's versus Popeye's. Popeyes, I guess. Popeyes. Popeyes for me. All right, we'll go Popeyes. Cheddar's versus Cracker Barrel. 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 Wow. All right, Cracker Barrel for the win on that one. Papa John's or Waffle House? Come on. That's not to me. That's not a. Waffle, waffle. Everybody is. I'm not, assuming. I mean, if you judge this, surely not on the food, but just the entertainment value <laughs> alone. Yeah, Waffle House, hands down. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, we've got uh, going to the Sweet Sixteen. No, I've had Christmas yeah, dinner at I Waffle to, House. Yeah. Anybody else? Yep. No. 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 <laughs> so we finish in just the East bracket. This we time? well, we've done the East. Let's go to the South real quick. All right. All right. Here's here's out of the south, Raisin Canes or Ruby Tuesdays. Ooh, Raisin Canes. Raisin Canes. Raisin Canes. All right, I'll get that one. Uh, Panda Express or Gold Star Chili? Uh, What's Gold Star? I've never done Gold Star. Uh, I'm going to go Panda Express. Panda Express yeah. to me by far. I love Panda Express. Panda Express. Orange chicken. I might even eat that tonight. Um, all right, so we've got Bojangles and Pizza Hut. Well, I'm going to go Bojangles. Yeah. Bo? Yeah. Everybody agree Bo, with Bo? Easy. Bo knows. Easy. Bo knows. Olive Garden or Quiznos? I choose. You got to go English OG. Pasta? I like the Olive Can Garden. I get McDonald's back? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got Olive Garden. Actually, for I, would, I would probably choose Golden Crown. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King or Culver's? Ah, Culver's. They got the, but, yeah. the butter burger. Culver's. Here's, here's the problem here. You see Burger King is a four. Right. Over Culver's, which is an 11. How does... 
in Berkey's probably garbage. By, probably she, sheer location. Is this by popularity or by number of stores? By popularity. Well, hold on. American populace voted Taco Bell as America's number one Mexican restaurant. So, I but, mean, this has got to be based off popularity. Let here. me also throw this out there, though. Burger King breakfast, the croissant, which... No. Okay. No. No. It's microwave. <laughs> it's literally microwaved. I like it. I'm a fan of it. All right. Microwave. Red yeah. Lobster or McAllister's Deli? Deli. McAllister's. McAllister's. Really? Over Red Look, Lobster. I am not getting clubbed by some granny at Red Lobster again on a Sunday when I when I get there before her. <laughs> and I get the last endless shrimp order. Everything of the night. tastes the same. Cheddar, the Cheddar Bay biscuits is that not enough to put it Look, over the edge? But but I no? can't. But the Cheddar Bay biscuits aren't worth the mothball smell from the elderly <laughs> crowd there. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, McAllister's for me. Wow, McAllister's. Wow. All right, McAllister's Deli. Dairy Queen or Outback? Or sorry, Sonic or Dairy Queen? Sonic or Dairy Queen? I'll do Dairy Queen. Ooh, this could be a fight. What'd you say, Kurt? Dairy Queen? Yeah. Get to have that chili Sonic. dog, man. Listen, Sonic, Sonic can do everything. Oh, that's a good point. That Dairy Queen can do. Hold on. That is a good a- point. And more. Dairy Queen has gravy. That's also a good point. Sonic does not have gravy. On the breakfast stuff, they'll have to gravy? They don't. Nope. Dairy Queen has gravy that you can dip, dip your, your chicken, chicken into. In yep, you that is it. true. They actually have gravy where you can dip your snow cone chocolate dipped ice cream cone in it too. But I'm just yeah. ooh, the gravy I think has now put it over the edge. So Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen. All right, DQ. Wow, did not see that coming. But all right, all right, Outback or Jersey Mike's. Hard for me, both those places. <laughs> I go Outback. Um, You're a big fan of the Outback. Yeah, outback, yeah. everybody's outback. down with it. They're pretty solidly, solidly consistent. All right. Raisin Cane's or Panda Express? Raisin Cane. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, yes. I'm getting killed, but uh, <laughs> Raisin Cane's for the win on that. Um, what do we got? We've got Bojangles versus Olive Garden. Uh, Bo. Bojangles. <laughs> Bojangles is taking Bo. down you, Olive you Garden. You can only eat so much, <laughs> so much pasta. <laughs> I've eaten there two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Culver's versus McAllister's Deli. Culver's. I, I like a good I burger. Like Culver's. Culver's. All right. Plus, I got cheese curds. Oh, I just change the name for crying out loud. Dairy Queen versus Outback. <laughs> Ooh. Outback. Yeah. Well, I'm going to choose Outback solely based on that you can buy alcohol there versus Ooh, Dairy Queen. Good call. <laughs> good call. All right. So we have got uh, those set up for our Sweet 16. We're going to do the next episode. We're going to do the West and the Midwest Division. And um, we'll we'll have a good time with that. And we'll finish it up uh, on further episodes of the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast. All right. Uh, so we are again here at the Hunter, Hunter House and Garden in Huntersville, North Carolina. And we wanted to also bring, we wanted to bring in Ellen so we could get a little bit of understanding of what is going on here at the Hunter House in Huntersville, North Carolina. Well, first of all, hello. Thank Hi. you for having me. Sure. Um, we, uh, my husband, Frank, and I bought this home uh, probably a year and a half ago. It's our exit strategy. We make it. So, <laughs> um, and we bought the home because I have a, an affinity for historic places and mm-hmm. When I married my husband, he said he would never live in a historic home, mm-hmm. but um, here we are. We don't live here, but okay. um, so we bought the house. It had been completely um, refurbished inside. It was built in 1913. Okay. And this home actually sits on what was originally a 3,200 acre 
piece of property and it's oh, down wow. to the last two and a quarter acres. Oh, so wow. we are trying to preserve that. We planted over 145 trees last year to pri- you know, privatize the, the back acreage. And we're just building gardens and trying to evolve the property so that um, it one day can be, you know, a place where flowering gardens are everywhere. That's mm. going to take some time. However, the more interesting story is that William Ranson, the house used to be named the Ranson House, okay. married Ellen Hunter. Okay. And at the time, we're told um, the town of Huntersville was considering naming the town Ransonville, but then <laughs> love is in the air and something <laughs> happened there. And so they chose Hunter. She was from a family. The Hunters had been around a lot longer than the Ransons. Um, so... Huntersville is named for her family, the Hunters. Mm-hmm. And so Ellen Ranson, or Ellen Ranson, sorry, Ellen Hunter Ranson made this a place of, a gathering place. Mm. Um, she gathered everyone she could, including traveling football, basketball teams to <laughs> to be relevant. Yeah. Um, to also just, you know, people, New Year's Eve parties and oh, wow. and the like. So we hope to do that. We hope to evolve this home and and um, progress it to a place where it's a gathering place for all. Nice. It's so. a beautiful home. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, I was in the same boat, similar to I would never live in an old house until I lived in an old house because my wife said, this is cute. And so we're going to buy this house and now live in an old house. So understand um, what goes on here um, on the property. What do you guys normally do? What's, what are some events you guys? So we are a special events facility, but we also open ourselves up to the public in the summer and, and other times of year. Uh, we'll reopen our bar and our beer and wine garden. Um, but we do everything from bourbon tastings. We just had a bourbon tasting. We had Blanton's, um, mm. to, we have, um, repasts, uh, celebrations of life, mm. uh, weddings, and we'll have like we have a Downton Abbey tea coming up. Oh, wow. Which we'll have high tea in Downton Abbey style celebration of the new movie. So we really try to just stay nimble and mm-hmm. relevant to what's going on. And we throw our own events, but we also rent the home out to people who want to have their own events here as well. So very cool. Awesome. Um, so uh, what's been your, the coolest experience that you've had in this house so far? Well, I mean, it's definitely haunted. Oh, what? Yeah, it's um very gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. we spend the night in here tonight? <laughs> yeah, it's um it's really c- cool. Uh, we have a few people who've experienced a lot of different um phenomenal phenomenons, rather. And Willie, the old groundskeeper, <laughs> we have psychic reading here readings here during the month of October. Oh wow! And Willie likes to come through. Um, we have those readings, and he just. He actually loves what we've done with the place. So, um, but the most, I guess, fantastic thing that's happened is that I think Ellen herself came through. Oh, wow. Where she told the psychic reader that we had, um, thank you for not tearing down the, um, the flowering tree, the Camilla tree out on the left-hand side of the house, which that was the only tree I told the landscapers to rip out everything. I said, don't. Don't tear out that, that tree. It's 40 or 50 years old. And sure enough, we didn't. And she came through and thanked us for it. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a winter-blooming Camilla tree, and we, we love it. And we love the fact that she's happy with what we've done. And yeah. And so is Willie. So Wow. It's a beautiful house. Um, a huge front porch. Um, it looks perfect for, for 
having a meal out there. Do you guys also do brunches? We do have brunch. Okay. Yes. We started brunch in January and brunch is by reservation only. It's okay. live jazz music. Ooh. Um, so it's really, um, fun. Holly Hopkins, who's a well-known jazz musician in the area is here. Um, and we do a lot of farm to table, a lot of farmer's market, okay. um, delights, but we have your traditional eggs, bacon, mm. French toast, salmon. Nice. The fair. Yeah. I tell you, uh, I don't, I've never seen a, how do I say? Because I always say charcuterie. 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 I've never seen one more as beautiful as the one you provided to us. I mean, that thing filled to the brim, and it's all gone. Yeah. And I didn't even have any of it. But it was well, awesome. Well, thank you. What's what happens when you haven't ate all day and you come somewhere? <laughs> right, right. Don't let me near food. Yeah. What? Uh, how can people get more information? How can people book, res- reserve the, the house? Uh, our website is HHG Events. Hunter House and Gardens events um, dot com and hello at HHG events. Best way to reach us. There's okay. a phone number on the website as well. But okay. We we get a lot of emails and maybe seven people are answering that email. Okay, so it's oh, wow. better than calling us. So. Okay. Very well, cool. In the month of October, um, you can rent out a, a, a bedroom for three thousand dollars a night to experience the hauntings. So. <laughs> oh yeah, we just did a story about a couple that was renovating a house. Found out it was haunted, and now it's an Airbnb. Oh, so. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, I have one question about that. Is groundskeeper Willie Scottish by any chance? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Simpsons? Anybody? Yeah. No, okay. I got you. Uh, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I was, so. I was thinking Outlander, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would probably think the same thing. <laughs> well, Ellen, thank you so thank much you. for coming on the show. We will have all this information on our show notes, and we would really encourage you guys to come check this place out. I'm going to come here. For a brunch because that sounds fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, awesome. Thanks for thank you. All right, so we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have our special guest, Matthew Doherty, the uh, former small forward for Uni- uh, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, the former head coach, and now CBD salesman. He's going to tell us all about his story, all that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I really do hope you love Southern Fried Philosophy. Did you know that you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into gift cards like places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code SOUTHERNFRIED and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen enough to us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code SOUTHERNFRIED. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, we are back. You are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And with us, we have our special guest, Matthew Doherty, 1980 through 1984, small forward for United, University of Chapel Hill, North mm-hmm. Carolina Chapel mm-hmm. Hill, right? Um, you have got a, a national championship win under your belt, mm-hmm. right? The, the yep. 83 team. Yep. Then you went on to coach Notre Dame, UNC, Florida, Kansas, mm-hmm. SMU. Uh, and then, and couldn't, then couldn't keep a job. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my, my career. Yeah. And then you went to be a scout for the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Right. And the Atlantic 10 Associate Commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a lot, 
You know, it's funny. Um, I just started listening to a book called Range, and uh, it was uh, recommended by, uh, I believe, Howard Lee, who was a state senator, a uh, big fan of UNC basketball, and uh, Dean Smith. And um, I, it talks about people that have a wide range of experiences and how that's a big advantage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I go on my next job interview, I offer that book up as a gift to the person (laughs) interviewing me to uh, reinforce the fact that I have a robust resume uh, (laughs) that I have a wide range of experiences, which uh, ironically, I I do think helps. Um, A lot of those weren't by choice. I didn't choose to leave leave North Carolina. Mm. I didn't choose to leave um, SMU. But uh, the wide range of experiences, I I like to think... uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of transferable skills. Mm. Uh, I do a lot with leadership now. And um, I think that when you have an awareness of different roles people have, and sometimes the newness, how to manage them with emotional intelligence is uh, is critical. Yeah, I mean, all of those things seem to, you can use every bit of that to transfer to um where, wherever radio. you're at. Radio, podcast. Because you did that. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm in the CBD business now, um, and you'd say, well, how does that transfer? Well, sales, mm-hmm. first of all, sales. I mean, as a recruiter, college recruiter, yeah. there's no more intense market to sell in than Division One college sports. So um, organizational skills that you had as a, as a recruiter, as a college coach, planning, um, leading, uh, dealing with failure. I think that's mm. something that um, people don't talk a lot about. I, I've just came back from the John Maxwell Leadership um, mm. Convention down in Florida, and he has a book called Failing Forward. And I think there's a lot of truth in that because uh, one thing you do in sports, you fail a lot, and you fail in a public manner. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not uh, you know embarrassing as, say, someone losing a job uh, in the private sector. Uh, yeah. You do that all the time in coaching. So. You learn from it. Uh, The thing in sports is when you have a loss, you own it, you watch the film, you figure out where do we make mistakes and how can we get better. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's something that's real valuable uh, in, you know, embracing failure in a way as a way to, all right, let's, this is a teaching moment. What Mm -hmm. did we learn from here? And let's not, let's try not to do it again. Right. That's usually what we try to do for every show that we do. Yeah. But we fail on that miserably as well. well. No, so. <laughs> I think I think it's interesting that you you want to talk about the uh, wide eclectic resume that you're talking about a second ago. Uh, you, you're dependent on you know, especially the Division One. You're dependent upon the recruiting class, the recruiters, mm-hmm. the the student athletes. You're dependent upon the politics of of the athletic directors. There's, there's yeah, politics I, in athletics. Imagine that. <laughs> Look, I, 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 full disclosure, I'm a Duke fan. Oh, jeez, so I, I know. You know, know, golly, I know. But um, and and just trying to dive into Leon. I mean, what's up with that, man? I mean, you, you, you know, I'm doing your solid. I come down here and I'm getting interviewed by a Duke guy. I, I can't help it. I, it, I, it doesn't help. He's a, he's a Kentucky Wildcat yeah. fan. That's so. okay. That's but, okay. Uh, I, I could deal with a Kentucky fan better than I could. Duke fan. What about you, Brian? Um, I don't really have a college team, so I don't have a dog in that Who's fight. your, who's your pro team? Uh, I'm a local guy. So if I'm going to go basketball, it's Hornets. Okay. All away. All right. but they're back in town now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, the, the new Hornets, the Bobcats, whatever you call them. The yeah. Bob Hornets. Hornets yeah. will work. Hornets no, will but work. Uh, I, th- I think uh, you have all that stuff that's circling around. 
And it, I guess one thing it can help diversify is building a team behind you. you mm-hmm. know, it, things you can see that if you have sole discretion on how to build your own team versus mm-hmm. having these uh, all these other people try to cobble p- uh, puzzle pieces together, uh, I'm sure that's probably been a lot a, a great learning experience, a PhD, mm-hmm. and and yeah. not, not failure, but a PhD in just cutting Gross. cutting the crap out, cutting the mm-hmm. the the politics out of the cutting just well, so many different levels of people who put things together. The things the thing is you can't cut the politics out. That's the thing that you have to navigate um, uh, on a college campus or in, in some big corporate jobs. You have to be able to navigate that. And, and that's a gift. Uh, and that's, there's, there's an acquired taste to that. Sure. Um, I, when I lost my, uh, in a job in North Carolina, I took some leadership. I went on my leadership journey and, and it was, um, out of your pain comes your passion and my passion has become leadership. And I, I have a leadership practice now and I, I work with some CEOs and some, uh, VPs that are on the fast track. And, you know, I was that VP that was on a fast track and, and all of a sudden two years later, I'm the head coach at North Carolina, um, with only one year experience as the head coach at Notre Dame. So, uh, and there's two different environments. Um, right. I, I, I jokingly say that, uh, the, you know, I met this guy named Stevitt, and Stevitt is spelled S-T-E-V-I-T, and S stands for, uh, these are the six no's. you got to know yourself. That's the S in Stevitt. you got to know your team. Um, you got to know your um, environment. Uh, that's the political landscape we talked about. you got to know your vision. What's your vision? Where do you want to go? And you got to be able to sell that. Uh, you got to know your industry. Um, you better be on the cutting edge, uh, because if you want people to follow you, you've got to be competent. Um, and then most important, I think is you got to mind for the truth. Um, people don't like to tell the leader the truth. So mm-hmm. I think you as the leader need to find some truth tellers on your team, to be able to say, you know, uh, Brandon, you have the right that if you think something's going on that I need to know about. You can come in my office anytime you want, close the door and tell me the truth. Right. And I've got to welcome that. I've got to encourage that. I've got to beg for that because if I don't know the truth, I'm going to find out the truth sooner or later. It might be (laughs) tomorrow if you tell me, or it might be a year from now when I get fired. So I'd rather know tomorrow Mm -hmm. and, and deal with it and be able to tackle it. And then when you do bring it to me, I've got to praise you for that. I've got to thank you for that. And, um, and so that's got to be done in a respectful manner, professional manner, but I want to know that up front. And I think sometimes, uh, leaders are easy to, it's easy to discount your staff and, and bully them in a way that's, you know, if you came up to me in the hallway and, and say, Hey, I got to talk to you, coach. I got, I got, you know, we got something to talk about. I'm like, and I'm looking at my phone saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Later, later, later. I got to plan practice or, you know, I've got to, you know, later, later. And then. You come to me later, and I'm like, yo, man, come on. Like, I just got done with practice. I mean, I, I want to, like, come on. Like, let me relax a little bit. And finally, you're like, oh, screw this. You don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so um, Roy Williams would say one time, you know, earmark 25% of your salary towards um, uh, problems. And then you can manage it better. You could, you could see it better. You can put mm-hmm. it in a box and say, okay, I get paid. You know, let's say whatever it is. Let's say someone's making a million dollars a year as a coach. $250,000 for that box of crap? I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. Um, 
Colin Powell will say, if the soldiers aren't coming to you with their problems, you're not leading. So you've got a mind for that. Welcome it and uh, look at that, you know, as an opportunity to grow um, your, 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 your team. I think also recognizing that truth is recognizing the talent that you have because, you know, especially in the private sector and the workforce is recognizing the team that you've assembled, their special traits. You know, anytime I've had a business, it's you, you, you hire certain people to fulfill a void. And, yes. Um, a lot of times you, you, if you don't recognize that truth that coming from that talent, then you can't grow. There's always uh, smarter ways to do things. And sometimes if you have that man, a soldier on the field and that field of battle or, or a player, and there's a smarter route, a smarter play, a smarter way to do something, a smarter way to skin that cat, that's recognizing the truth of that talent that you have. And I think a lot of times people miss that. People um, can have, can be so conceited in their business and leadership values that um, even though they may be missing an opportunity to increase their business by five, 10, 15% just by listening to listening to their talent and they're hearing that truth. Well, they, a lot of people are, a lot of leaders are insecure. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's what drives them to become leaders, uh, their insecurity. So they overcome that by compensation. And then when they get there, they're still insecure. So every idea has to be their idea. All the good ideas have to be their idea. Right. And, um, that stunts the growth of your team and then you surround yourself with yes men. And um, and so that's not healthy because I think what you said is I, as a coach, like to bring diversity to my staff. And I would say, you know, I want to I want to hash it out in the conference room. I want to hear. I, I want promote. I want to encourage fresh ideas. That's stimulating to me. Um, one, I might see it from an opponent. So I want to know about it. Mm. Two, it might be a good fit for our team. Three it might be a good fit for our team, but I'm not ready to digest it yet. Mm-hmm. So as the head coach, I get to say no, but I want your input. And, and we, you know, once we walk out there off the office, we better all be aligned and on the same page and have each other's back because what you don't want is to go into the locker room and practice. And one of the players say, you know, to one of the assistants, Hey, Brandon, you know, we, Coach B, we we should be we should be down in the side pick and roll, and you, and you say, yeah, you know, I, I brought that up in a staff meeting today, but coach isn't comfortable with it. Oh, mm. oh you know, that's not good, man. Mm. You know, you got to say, hey, listen, let's get it right, let's do this right, and maybe we'll expand. But if we don't get it right here, screw any other kind because this is fundamentally sound. Right. So that's that's where the loyalty comes into play. But you're a hundred percent right. Um, I I love to get different ideas because it makes me think and it's stimulating to me. Absolutely. How has coaching changed from when, when you were coaching to, to now you mentioned politics. It seems like there's a lot more politics, at least from from my perspective in NCAA, the, you know, the NCAA basketball, football, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, But I look at like, um, uh, the Netflix show Last Chance You. Have you watched that I have show? It. It's just a, a college coach is just berating his players. If that scenario got out in the regular media from from coaching, they, they would have a field day, and they they actually have a field day with uh, Coach Brown now, where he's just ripping his players down and down and down. Is is that avail- Like, is that even an option in today's society with with hurting players, tearing them down, and not bringing them back up? 
Well, you know, you won't last for long. Um, do coaches berate players? I'm sure they do. You know, um, uh, because there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes, right. even though it could come surface in social media. Um, so there, there is some of that that goes on. Um, and I, I think less and less of it because I think, uh, one, the players um, have a voice more than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think the parental involvement. And I think that uh, coaches hopefully are getting smarter and wiser to realize, you know, that's not really an effective way to coach. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I was one that was perceived to be hard on players. And, you know, I, I say to coaches now at clinics, um, you know, it's not necessary, mm. you know, like Tony Dungy was a pretty successful coach yeah. and, you know, here's a Christian man who doesn't curse. Yeah. Dean Smith, uh, was a pretty good coach sure. you know, tongue in cheek. Uh, I've never heard Dean Smith curse in my life. Wow. So, um, you know, and, and his way of breeding a player would be, uh, you'd say something like, ah, Matthew, I bet you haven't thrown a pass like that since St. Raphael's, which was my grammar school. <laughs> and that was more cutting than him cursing at you, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, finding, be intelligent enough to find uh, different ways to do it and have a little bit more control over your uh, emotions. Motivation is key and trying to find how, you can motivate each one of those players. It's, it's got to be a challenge when you coach because everybody's going to be different. And you've got, you know, 12 different players or 24 or 100 players and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to motivate each one of those. Got to be a tough call. Well, it, you know, the thing about motivation, you know, like I, I feel that's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. Like you should evaluate whether players motivate or not before you recruit them to your campus. Mm. If you've got to motivate a player, that's a problem. Mm. Um, now, do you try to fire them up in a timeout or at halftime? Yeah. But to have to motivate a player to do what a player needs to do to be successful in terms of the daily grind, uh, you know, we've all done it. Sure. We've all gotten what I call being intoxicated with talent. Mm. You get intoxicated with a guy that could put his head on the rim but he doesn't want to get up to go to class or he doesn't want to uh, run, you know, the two mile run or get on the baseline and run sprints. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, character is going to get you beat. Yeah. And so uh, you would rather take someone a little less talented that is going to show up every day and grind uh, than that guy that can put his head on the rim and you don't know what you're going to get day to day. So I, 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 I discount the motivation thing, mm-hmm. you know, coach okay. Smith, was never like giving us rah-rah speeches hmm. because he wanted us to play at a consistent level each and every game. Gotcha. He, if anything, he would do something to take the edge off. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, that, that's my take on that. Okay. So didn't yeah. mean to shoot you down there. No, JT. no, no, that's yeah. great. No, yeah. I, I appreciate it. I but, want to you see know, the... a Kentucky fan, you know, like <laughs> I figured that something like that came out. But, you know, <laughs> well, you know. And that is one of the questions with Duke and Kentucky, the one and done, you know, atmosphere the mentality and you say you don't want the one and done you'd rather have the guy that's the four-year player whoa, sounds whoa, like whoa, whoa, I mean, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. don't put words in my mouth okay, JT. I, th- I thought you Brian, were saying whoa, whoa, whoa. no no don't back it up back it up did i not hear you'd God, rather have JT. somebody less talented with th- better character with better character yeah does zion williamson have character oh absolutely yeah not. i'll take zion <laughs> sign me up that's my point well yeah so if you got talent and character, take them all day right. long. I said, you know, less talent with high character. Okay. Um, 
you know, I take that over somebody who doesn't have character. Okay. Uh, so yeah, boy, you got to watch out for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Twist your words. Uh, speaking well, of, speaking of one, speaking one. of one and done. Can I lower his mic at all? Yeah, we can. I'll just be done. I was going to the table. Yeah. Speaking of one and done, what's your, what's your opinion? on? I, I, I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the game. Um, I'd rather him go pro right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go pro, you, yeah. you know, and everyone's complaining they should get paid. Well, go pro. If you're that good, go pro, get paid. And if you're not good enough playing the NBA, go play in the G League for 25 or right. 75 or whatever they're paying you now, or go to Europe. Mm. Oh, well, 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 I want to go to college. Oh, you want to go to college? Okay. If you do the math, and I, I put a rough estimate that Zion Williamson earned about a million dollars last year. Now, did he receive that in cash? No. But he got that in gift and kind, if you will, mm-hmm. through the Q rating. Um, Every dunk of his was on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Every time he did anything was on ESPN. Um, the, you know, training he got, the academics, whether he took advantage of it or not. Um, and, oh, by the way, we now know the value of admission into a school that you may not be qualified to get into. And I'm not saying I don't know his grades, but let's make it a safe assumption that if he wasn't, if he was a non-athlete, would he have gotten into Duke? I don't know. I don't know his grades, but chances are probably not because Duke's one of the top academic institutions in the country. Mm -hmm. So let's assume he can't get in there. So what is the value of entrance into a school like Duke? We now know what the market is. It's at least $250,000 a person because you look at what um, the, 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 actresses did in California mm-hmm. in paying to get their kids into Southern Cal. Sure. Mm. It was two fifty a pop. Okay. Mm. So, you know, you get that on top of the Q rating, the exposure, the branding, the, the branding, yeah. the meals, the coaching, the tutors, the travel, um, boom, but you know, we're talking a half million to a million dollars in, in that year. Well, so also- I don't think they should get paid. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. I, well, I, there I, goes I, that I'm, I'm right there with you <laughs> on that. But, uh, what, what I do think the NCAA should do, every player is entitled to qualify for a Pell Grant, which means if your parents are below a certain income level that you can get a grant, which I think is about six grand a year. I'm, I might be off on that. I think what the NCAA should do is match it or double it. So if you, JT, uh, um, qualify for a full grant, mm. full Pell Grant, six grand, then the NCAA throws 12 on top of that. Mm. That's eighteen grand, yeah, cash that helps that you don't have to pay back. That helps that buys a few plane tickets, a few meals, maybe a used car. Um, you know that could that could take care of some things. Yeah, and then you're not worried about having to pay everybody. Uh, and and you know uh, because that would be very difficult. It'd be very difficult. Uh, number one, number uh, number two. How would you assess the players? You know, we're going to base them off free market value. We're going value them off the, the schools they go to. Does does someone that plays at a top tier school, school like uh, UNC or gets gets paid the same amount as someone at Woodruff or you know uh, Woodford or whatever you know that <laughs> that's may, a bourbon, uh, but yeah. close enough. Well, I can't remember. It's near my hometown. <laughs> where, 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 but, uh, where are you from? Uh, uh, Anderson, South Carolina. Originally. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but Wofford. You, you're thinking Wofford. Wofford. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but you know that would be very complicated to be able to figure that out because you couldn't pay a yeah. flat fee. Sure. Because some of these schools bring in, just like football, college football. I mean, they, these guys bring in some big bucks, Bama, Clemson. Uh, you know. Here's the thing I say, though. 
Did Zion increase attendance at Cameron Indoor Stadium? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> right. That's my point. So what value, you know, he brought value, yes. Mm. But he uh, he also brought value down, too, to Nike stock because <laughs> I remember the, the infamous Nike yeah. blowouts. But would not, would Nike have flown a private jet with four executives mm-hmm. the next day right. to go meet with him if yeah. he was playing at – uh, Anderson, Anderson and, University. I was say yeah. Anderson University, since that's yeah. where you're from. Yeah, probably not. Don't yeah. don't hold that against me, by the way. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, it's amazing though that the the captivation that these players have now versus with social media and things like that versus yeah. you know 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's just amazing that these guys, the branding that they have. I mean, you know, when LeBron and Kobe first went into the NBA without going to college, it was you know. You, you went from obscurity to like maybe hearing some highlights with these guys on ESPN mm-hmm. sports center in the mornings to all of a sudden they're in the NBA. Right and now we get this whole buildup. You know, some, some of these guys have these huge social, social media followings in high school and yeah. then translated translates into college for that one year. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy yeah. you know, how these guys become superstars. It's now. a lot of pressure on these kids. That's uh, really um, difficult. I right. think to, to manage for, for Zion to be as ground as, grounded as he seems to be right uh is pretty darn impressive yeah. in in light of what he's gone through right. um you know during his time in high school and at Duke. Yeah. yeah i have one question because we'll never experience it what is it like to play in the national championship game yeah it's it's cool i mean um i played in two of them was uh, it two yeah i played in uh 1981 uh you would think a kentucky guy would do better research brian don't you think <laughs> probably not I mean, that's not on the sheet over here. It doesn't say not anything about sheet, it. I didn't no. see it. I mean, yeah. gosh, you know. Son of a gun. Ah, gosh. I mean, it's from Kentucky. Where are you from in Kentucky? Uh, I went to school in Campbellsville, Campbellsville yes. University. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. My son goes to Bellarmine University in Louisville. Okay. Yep. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, there's always somebody I got to pick Do, on, and you, JT, e- just. Clearly, don't expect a lot from your son, then, if he's going to school in Kentucky. Well, he's going. <laughs> like I did, so. he, 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 you know, Louisville's really not Kentucky. Uh, no, you're, right anyway. uh, <laughs> you're right about that. You're right about that. So. Um, it, you know, as a kid, you dream about it. At mm-hmm. least I did. And I remember my first final four that I remember watching on TV was in eighth grade and, uh, maybe early 75. I think Kentucky played with Kevin Grevy, uh, who's a friend, uh, played UCLA mm. and, um, 75. I remember watching that. And then 76 Indiana went undefeated. I think that was in the spectrum. Um, I think UCLA might have been in that Michigan and maybe Rutgers. So, you know, then 77, North Carolina lost in the finals to Marquette and Michael Korn was there. So it was just something that I was watching and I dreamed about, Mm -hmm. you know, watch it. And then the next day you're in the park working on your game and, you know, saying, oh, Korn for two, you know, you know, game winner and you count down the clock and you hit the game winner. And if you miss it, you say you went to overtime and you do it all over again. And then to be in that situation yeah. um, was really magical. And, and uh, I remember in the Final Four in Philadelphia coming out, the pom-poms and the different groups and and just even the memories now because the ACC Network's playing these games again. Mm. And to see these – my brother had a friend taking pictures and showed pictures of my mother and my brother and my sister in the stands and, you know, the pom-poms and just the, the memories um, and the energy – uh, you know, it was very fulfilling because you're doing what you wanted to do and you mm. really knew how fortunate you were to be in that situation with great guys 
and uh, great coaches, and everybody's watching, and um, it, it was a thrill of a lifetime. Awesome. So now you, uh, uh, you're into CBD. Yeah. Tell us about that. The well, al- alternative to the de- devil's lettuce. <laughs> my wife takes it. <laughs> wow. Brandon. Brandon. Now, my, uh, actually, my wife, my wife has been on it now for uh, about a year now. Yeah. She has, you know, some chronic back issues. And so I, it obviously helps. Helps a lot. Yeah. I can't, can't, uh, can't sleep. And uh, you know, this has helped out with that and anxiety and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah. How do, how do you transition well, from uh, what you're doing I've always to been a little bit of an entrepreneur. I've been dabbled in real estate. Um, uh, I worked on wall street for a while as a business major in college and I just like selling. Uh, I like cutting edge products. And in, uh, almost a year ago, my wife and I were in Asheville and, uh, her brother has issues with pain. And so we were looking for some alternatives and we started to research CBD and a friend of mine was in the space. Another friend was in the space. And the more I talked to people that I knew and trusted, uh, I, I've realized that this product's real. Mm. And so when I left the A10 in March, I hooked up with a buddy of mine who started this company and he'd been successful in uh, uh sports marketing endeavor. Uh, his name's Tim Holforth. And so I joined his company. I tried the product first and foremost and I was struggling to finish 18 holes of golf. I couldn't play back-to-back days. Had a little tendonitis in my right knee. Couldn't squat down and look at a putt. Four months later, I'm playing 54 holes of golf in two days. Wow. Holy cow. And the only pain I had was when I sliced that bad boy into the woods. <laughs> yep. Everything else felt pretty good. I was shocked. 54 holes of golf in two days. Yeah. I hadn't done that. I hadn't done that in 20-something years. So, um, so it made me a believer. My wife takes it. Um, you hear all these stories, and you know a lot of it's anecdotal, but a friend of mine who I, I just talked to has Parkinson's. It's helped him. Mm-hmm. It's helped my brother-in-law with his his pain. Um, you know, there's everywhere you turn, there are these success stories. And I think as we get more and more scientific evidence supporting these anecdotal stories, it'll even take this to another yeah. level. It's all about education right now, Brandon. Because no, people absolutely. People don't know. Yeah. You know, it's... You know, is THC in it good? Is it bad? Can I get a DUI? Can I, yeah. will I pass a drug test? All those types of questions. Uh, our product is grown in, a, in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, processed in South Carolina. And um, state of mind naturals. And we're just trying to, we're, we're selling it to retail and, um, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, gain more and more traction each and every day. So, uh, you know, we've, we've done previous episode on CBD and I think mm-hmm. you actually started doing CBD. Yeah. I take, so, uh, I take CBD for my plantar fasciitis and that seems to help a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, That's you know, painful, man. God bless. Oh him, gosh. Man. Yeah. I, I can imagine. So, you know, yeah, there's you know, number one, getting past the stigma of CBD. Cause mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about that. I mean, we, I grew up in a very staunch, closed minded religious home. So you know, I could tell by all the tattoos. Yeah. yeah well, you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously you, so saw, you broke loose pretty good. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Actually, I actually had to break loose. They, they told me not to come back, but, um, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah. So there's a stigma with it because yes, people, no question. people cannot differentiate between what, what cannabis is and what you know, is hemp yeah. and marijuana. Exactly. I mean, I, I couldn't either. And that was some, a month ago, yeah. I mean, a year ago. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy how number one, we're just, we're breaking the stigma. And I thought, so I also think the stigma of cannabis will be probably much obliterated in the next few years too, as, as this kind of sweeps across the States, but CBD, you know, the, the, the THC component, I think that we, we pl- really play too much focus onto that. People, mm-hmm. 
you know, have the horror stories of the 60s and 70s drug rushes to, you know, the misinformation that was per- perpetuated by the government in the yeah. 30s with yeah. the, the reefer madness. No, and, it's, uh, you're on, you're on, you're, you know, you're yeah, on it. So all kinds of things. It's just, I think, but, you know, CBD. So anyone listening, you know, you're more welcome to go back and listen to our other episode about CBD also. But, you know, uh, I guess for this one right here, I'm holding one of your products right here. It's a, a five-day full spectrum. So the full spectrum actually has all the components of the plant Correct. into it. So that's the reason why it has a little bit of THC. In Correct. It. Legal uh, limit is 0.3% or lower. And right. It doesn't get you high. Right. So, yeah, there's, uh, what fun is that, right? But no, but... Uh, <laughs> The, the point, but the Staunch point. church supporters. <laughs> yeah, you may not want to come to my church. You fell now, off so. the lettuce, the, let, the lettuce pad, the lettuce <laughs> truck. That was lettuce truck. That's right. But um, yeah, so it, I see on the back here it has full spectrum hemp, so that that has all the components of it to where you get the most benefit. I guess Correct. a lot of people see that. They so call it the entourage effect. Exactly. Yes. Do you got now? Do you guys have other products that may not be the Correct. full spectrum? Uh, no, we just do full full spectrum. Full spectrum. Okay. Yes, that's what we believe in. We think that it. Uh, you know, activate your endocannabinoid system. Yeah, uh, which we're all we are blessed part. with. As we all part, have it. as part of our natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Can I have a napkin? Um, yeah. Um, the the thing I've learned more about American history through this hemp business mm. than I did in high school. Yeah, because this goes back to the settlers. George Washington grew hemp. Mm. The Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper. Um, you know, the rope, rope, sails, um, 3000 BC, you know, Chinese were using this for medicinal yeah. value. Um, and then you touched on in twenties and thirties, uh, it got, it got a bad rap because DuPont and company realized they could make paper out of their tree pulp. Yeah. So that was competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get the, you know, I mean, Back then, I think they had lobbyists, too. Well, they had also Randolph Hearst, who also owned all the newspapers pretty much in the area. I guess when he started doing all the the negative publicity because of the paper and the pulp and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then Nixon, uh, when he was the um, president, war on drugs, you couldn't clearly differentiate, as we touched earlier, between hemp and marijuana. So they lumped hemp in with marijuana. And I think when this Israeli scientist discovered the endocannabinoid system, um, that people realized, you know, these ingredients, these turpins, and uh, in, in these CBD ingredients are in our system already. And we just, sometimes we're a little deficient. So we need to supplement that. You can't OD on this. You know, right. people say, can I do you? No. If you took a, a, a cup of water and filled it up with too much water, what would happen? The water would just spill out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happens with, if you take too much CBD. Mm-hmm. So, be an expensive way to OD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, it wouldn't happen. Uh, the, the, ironically, and one thing we try to do is be uh, very uh, compliant. Um, we don't put CBD on our packaging because in November, um, that's not going to be allowed because the uh, FDA doesn't want confusion in the marketplace because there is a marijuana CBD and an hemp CBD. Hmm. So they want people going in saying, I want CBD, and they actually get the accidentally get the marijuana cbd so uh and then we don't make um edibles because that's not been approved even though gummies are out there and mm-hmm. chocolates are out there we don't make that because uh that's getting yanked off the shelves uh, in in certain parts of the country so we just stick with the oils we have some salves coming out some lotions uh lip balms um 
So yeah, it's exciting space and it really helps people. It, it mm. can really help um, the, the health uh, in, in our country, make people feel good, want to exercise more and uh, put smiles on our faces. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the things we hear about now, the opioid crisis, yes. the, the chronic pain crisis we hear about all day long. I mean, how many, how many, you know, news stories you hear about the opioid ep- epidemic. Yes. Um, you know, things that, yeah, it's a true epidemic. It's perpetuated and man-made. Um, but there are chronic people, chronic illnesses out there, chronic pain that people need some type of relief from, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just popping, you know, eight ibuprofen a day and ruining your stomach lining, you can, you know, there's alternatives out there that can actually help. Well, I'm trying to be a spokesperson uh, along with some other people in the world of sports because in when I was playing, we used to take Indocin, uh, anti-inflammatory. And then uh, Lonzo Mourning had a kidney replaced. Uh, he was taking Vioxx. And as an athlete, if a trainer says, hey, uh, take two of these three times a day, um, as a, as a uh, I was talking to Mitch Kupchak about this the other day. We were at the Carolina, uh, the Carolina, South Carolina. I want to clarify that. Carolina is the University of North Carolina. We talk about Carolina. Not University of South Carolina. Well, I, I don't even think clear. they even have a sports team anymore. Okay. <laughs> so, so Mitch and I were talking, like, what do you do as a player if you're dedicated and you want to get back on the court and you want to feel good? And the trainer says, take two of these three times a day. You take four of them four times a day. Right. Mm. And then all yeah. of a sudden, your, your kidney's going to, you know. Yeah, yeah crap sure. out. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, this, I think, CBD hemp oil will be in every trainer's bag in the near future. Well, the, I know the MMA and uh, a lot of the fighting sports have embraced mm-hmm. CBD now. Um, I know a lot of uh, big podcasters, you know, MMA podcasters from um, Rogan to uh, Militich. These guys are promoting CBD yeah. now due to their, mm-hmm. their you know fitness and well-being and health. And um, you've seen some big of the MMA, MMA stars come out on Instagram and just talk about their chronic pains. Cause obviously in a sport like that, yeah, dude, that's wicked you're going to have some pain and these guys are coming out as proponents, you know, saying, Hey, this is what we need to move forward. And it's natural. Yeah. Yep. So how do you take your CBD? Ours is uh, uh sublingual, which I didn't know what really sublingual was to like March. That's when and you speak it, English and Spanish, right? Yeah. Yeah. You okay. kind of, I thought yeah, they were speaking kinda, in tongues in a church, yeah, like okay. my church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, it, it's take it under the tongue, you know, you, okay. you, yeah, you take it under the tongue and, uh, that's where you have the, um, the most direct, um, access to your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, vaping is a way that gets into your bloodstream quick smoking it. We don't deal with the vapes or the sure. flowers. We just deal with the tinctures. Uh, we will come out with some creams and lotions and lip balms, but, uh, uh, we think that the tinctures in the full spectrum are the most effective way to go. Are they water soluble or oil based? They're oil. oil okay. Yeah, um, there's co- coconut oil that okay. is the bonding agent. Um, gotcha. So you do have to shake it up. Um, but um, the the biggest key is you have to know where it's grown, know where it's processed, and third party tested because over seventy percent of the products are yeah. are not good yeah. because they just people trying to make a quick buck, and it takes money to third party tested. So we go through that. Um, okay, good. And, and, and because at the end of the, we want to be around for the long haul sure. and uh, we want to have a premium product on the, on the market. It scares me how quickly those CBD oil 
shops are just popping up. You see them pop up and then yep. close. Yep. Trying to make that quick buck and not knowing what you're taking. But if you got that third party, that's key. It's huge. Got to yeah. have it. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't buy it. But I think it separates because, you know, I was in the vitamin world for a while because I own a health food store. And that's the thing you always look for is third party verification mm-hmm. because you have these people that would pop up out of their garage. Hey, uh, take this, you know, new vitamin C and then you know, pretty much it'd be like wallpaper dust and mm-hmm. you know, pulp, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know and, and then all of a sudden people get sick and they get shut down. But it gives a name, it gives a negative connotation to the right. whole industry. Right. You know, so you had to fight through that too. You have to fight through it. You want to, what, what we want to be a part of is professionalizing the profession. Mm-hmm. And I think that with our CEO, Tim Hoferth, who's had success um, in other ventures, uh, brings a professionalism to the marketplace um, along with many other people. You know, we're not the only ones. There's a lot of good people out there, but hopefully we welcome regulation. We want the FDA. We want the government to regulate because we think that that will help uh, people like us that are yeah. trying to do it right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, where can people find your product? Right now yeah, you can find it um, lo- locally. It's in Gastonia. It's at Leatherman's Golf. Um, driving range over near the airport, um, Gatstonia at the medical center, um, pharmacy, uh, but online state of mind, naturals.com. Okay. Uh, that's the easiest place to get it. There is some glitches online ordering because uh, one of the tough things in this space is, is merchant banking. Mm-hmm. These banks are a little leery of working in the hemp space because they are afraid that somebody might slip in the marijuana product oh. and then they're laundering, um, you know, gotcha. money for drugs yeah. across state lines. Oh, man. So that's why they're a little leery. Okay. So well, we have some good banking relationships, but every once in a while it get shut down and you might have to mail a check as opposed to go through okay. um, online. But uh, for the most part, that's the best way to do it. State, online. Stateofmind.com. State, Stateofmindnaturals.com. Natural.com. Yep. Okay. We'll right. have that link on our show notes, so we'll put that out yeah. there. And, and it goes on the social medias anywhere? Also. You know, not so much right now. Um, not Not – not so much right now. We're, we're going to ramp up our marketing soon, and you got to be careful um, with some of the social media marketing because you know some people might shut you down. And yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to be learned. I hear this <laughs> often. It's a little bit of the wild, wild west. Yeah. yeah. So we try to be as conservative as possible, but but yet still make progress. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You had the uh, um, gold rush. And they call this the green rush now. Yeah. And it's like it says the wild, wild west. It's just. It's so far on the nose of the dog that, you know, the government doesn't really know what to do yeah. yet. And right. The banking industry doesn't know what to do. So, yeah. Um, so and, then, and you have the big pharma that wants everybody mm. to tap the brakes so they yep. can get a handle on it. Yeah, I They're afraid that. that they, all of us have gotten such a head start. Yeah. You know, now they have the money and they have the funding and they can come in and buy us all up. But, uh, um, you know, they don't have control of this, which makes them nervous. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but banks, got, the banks don't get uh, get power, and they don't get control, and they freak out, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Hey, but that's it's it's all about education. Sure. Well, Matthew Doherty, thank you so much for joining yeah, us here my on pleasure. the Friday Philosophy Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, Brian, don't don't talk so much next time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, man. All right, so that wraps up this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Please go to our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com, Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can also check us out on the Instagrams and Twitter at SFP Radio. 
Uh, yeah, wherever you listen to your podcast, just go there, give us a subscribe, a like, a review. Make sure you rate us five star preferably. Drop a uh, review that says hello, whatever. <laughs> Don't matter. Just put it on there. Um, yeah, also, uh, once again, in honor of my donor and my donor's mother, just go to your local Life Share uh, organization. Make sure your donor, you can, you, most states, I'm pretty sure you can just sign up as a donor there and mm-hmm. you know, be a turd your whole life, but you can also save a life if you decide to pass <laughs> those pearly gates. So, anyway, appreciate you guys. Keep tuning in. And as always, keep looking up.